Well, I just want to, amazing word that God has been pouring out in this house on blessings and the blessed life and the life of faith. I just sense that God wants to continue down that vein today and encourage you. The goal for this message is that you would leave this place 100% certain, according to God's word, not Gene's word, that God wants to bless you and God will bless you if you do the things God asked you to do. Is that good? Does it sound good? Sound like a plan? Doable? Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you for your word. We love your word. Holy Spirit, it's your word that you are obligated to honor. And so today, I just pray that you would push me aside and that you would speak your word to every hungry heart. Lord, that you would put into motion, Lord God, your purposes that involve promise. And that when everyone in this room leaves, that we would leave 100% certain according to your word that you really want to bless us and that you really enjoy doing that for us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on. I'm excited. I'm excited what God is doing in this house. I'm excited what God is doing in your lives. How many know that when God created all of us, he knew the time frame in which we were going to be born and live and do things. He knew that time frame. And he included in this time frame that you and I are living in something great. When God calls you as a people, he's calling you and I, it never involves something mediocre. God always calls us into something great. And his plans and his purposes for our life always include promises. I want you to hear that in this place today. That when God called you, he called you for something great. And when he called you, he called you to enter into the thing he calls purpose. And his purpose always includes promises. Amen? Say promises. God has some promises for you today. When you walk out of this room, I want you to know that you're going to be 100% certain that God has some things that are good for you. Say good life. life. How many want that good life that God has for you, right? That good, about that good life, right? You want that good life. Some of you are like, yeah. (laughs) I have that mediocre life. No, but God called us for a good life, a blessed life, a life full of his blessings. Amen? Amen. And just in case you're in here, this is not a a, a name it and claim it message. This isn't an easy, greasy grace message. This is a message of biblical principles concerning God's blessing on your life. All right? You're not going to get out here and say, well, Lord, million dollars, million dollars, Jesus, name it, claim it, give it to me, give it to me, more money, more money. No. Amen. No. Like, Lord's like, you can't even say $5 and you want a million dollars? What you doing? What you talking about, right? No, no, that's not what this message is about. This message is practical steps. Say practical. Practical, practical steps you can take to make sure that you're enjoying the blessings of God on your life. Doesn't that sound good? Here's the, here's the deal. So in, in church circles, we get used to, we like the, the, the deep stuff, right? We're like, ooh, that was deep. That was deep, like, you know, real deep stuff. I've often found that sometimes Gene likes deep stuff because deep stuff continues to remain a mystery and allows me not to be accountable to what God's word says. But it's the practical things in life that God says that I have trouble with. Amen. Right? Like, you know, Gene, stop lying. Well, uh, do you have a deep revelation about that, God? 
<laughs> no, stop lying. All right? Some of you, you know. Stop gossiping. Well, woo, I need a deep revelation. God got to change me. Woo. Like God's saying, no, just stop doing it. Amen. Stop doing it. Uh-huh. Like, what? Really? Like, that's all. Yeah, God, some, God is saying today, something, these things are very practical. You can place in your life. Is that a good deal? Amen. How many have experienced, you know, you get that new gadget, new, that new electronic device, like every, like, two weeks now, something new comes out, and you're so excited, you run to Best Buy's on Lone Tree, and some of you are crazy enough to go camp out for something, you know, you know I'm going to camp out and get me that thing. You take your camp, you look cross-eyed at people who try to cut you in line, you know, while you're out there two days earlier. I don't know. Some of you, never me. Not no. No. And, um, and then you get in the store and you go crazy and, and you just hope that the cameras aren't on you because everyone from Fellowship Shirts is going to see you acting a fool on TV, you know, slapping somebody and taking their TV. And then you, and then you buy that, uh, that, that electronic gadget and, you, and you, know, you, you forgot you were supposed to go to Milo's and then stop at John's for ice cream. You just go straight home because you want to open that item up. And so you go home and if you're like me, you go in the kitchen and you look for a scissors or a knife. How many scissors people are in there? How many knife people are in here? Well, how many people use their key, <laughs> their car key? Yes, that's me. That's me. And you're trying to poke holes to compromise it, weak enough so you can run your finger through it. Amen. Yep, that's me. And then you rip that thing open, and then you got to look for a fingernail clipper because you have to now resolve the zip tie issue. <laughs> like, that's around that, that product. Like, after that, man, just keep your product. Like, zip, why is everything zip tied? These days. Oh, my. And then they have the glue underneath it on the, the, okay, whatever. That's a pet peeve. But you come to a place where you open that item up, and you're so excited because you really think it's God's tool to change your life, only to realize that that item has batteries. It needs batteries. And batteries are not. Batteries are not. Isn't that so frustrating? That when you buy something new, it doesn't come with everything you need. Right? That's so frustrating. Like, take that thing and throw it in the garbage. Like, you just wasted. No, okay, that's my problem. Anger, maybe. <laughs> How about that new app for you techies? That new app that's going to change your life, right? I don't know what it's work for or something. Just use these apps. They're going to absolutely change your life. They're going to fix your budget. They're going to fix your problems. And you just download it, and it's free. And you get your $800 phone, and you download that free app on your phone. Nobody's commenting on the $800 because we all have them. Smartphones, right? I don't know if the phone's smart or worse smart or something smart there, but somebody's getting good money uh, for it. But you get that app and you download it on your phone, and then you spend time, right, migrating your information. You migrate your contact list, your to-do list, your photos, your secret passwords because you trust everything, you know, on apps. And then, and then you come to a place where, man, I'm really going to use this now. This is going to change my life. It's going to solve all my problems. And you go and you start trying to use different functionalities only to get a message that says that the package you have does not come with the functionality you want to use. You must upgrade this app to the elite package. Nothing worse, right? How many agree there's nothing worse than that? What? And you know you paid $4.99 to upgrade to that elite package, and you will pay $2.99 a month to continue that elite package. Why? I don't know. But isn't, there, isn't that nothing worse, right? 
than, than downloading something that's supposed to be good and new, and it just doesn't deliver. Nothing worse, right? Can I say something to you today in this place? That in God, that everything he brings to your life that's new is always good, and it always comes with everything you need. Amen. Amen? Let me say that again. When it comes to God in our lives, everything he brings us to is good, it's new, and it has everything we need. I want you to hear this today, that God has a plan and a purpose for your life that includes some good things that involve his promises over your life. You are not a product of a curse in Christ Jesus. You are a product of the blessings of God. And the Bible says in his word that those who are in Christ Jesus, behold, all things become new. Old things have passed. All things have become new. And God wants you to walk out today with a new download in your spirit of a biblical perspective that you are blessed by God. Amen? Amen. Growing up in the situation I did, born and raised in San Francisco, you know, we didn't have everything we, we wanted in life. But this is one thing that my parents taught us. My parents struggled. They were married at 17. They struggled. They they struggled. And uh, we saw the process. When they gave their heart to the Lord, we saw them begin to work the word out. And let me tell you, that them working the word out didn't solve all our problems immediately. There was seasons and years where we were still living off of eggs and, and we said eggs and oranges. That's, the, that's a joke. In our, remember when we used to live in, where's my brother? Eggs and oranges, right? He don't know nothing about that. <laughs> he was born when they were saved. Okay? <laughs> but me and my sister have a joke. Eggs and oranges, that's what we ate. And so, but my parents, we started seeing them sow the word of God in their lives. Things didn't fix automatically. It took years. But they stayed faithful. And they believed that God had better plans for our family and that he had blessings for our family and that he had a good life and that if they would continue with the plan and his process that there would come a time in our family where we would begin to experience some good things. Amen? Can I say this to you today? That in your life it might take a process. It might take a few seasons. But God wants to take you from a wreck to a place of blessing. If you would let him. Praise God. Let's read Genesis 12, 1 and 3. I'm going to lay a biblical foundation for you to understand that God has a blessed life for you. And let's read. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. Say blessed Blessed. to be a blessing. blessing. Say blessed Blessed. to be a blessing. blessing. God has been getting, he encounters Abraham and he meets Abraham. And he begins to call Abraham out. But what he starts to do with Abraham is he's preparing Abraham to enter into his purposes. And he's trying to tell Abraham that in my purposes, if you just stick with the plan and go through the process, I have some promises for you, Abraham. But you got to do some things. Amen? Just like you and I today, God has encountered us. 
and some of you he's encountering right now. And he says, I want to set you up for a good life, a blessed life. But there's some things you have to do in order to experience what I already had planned for you. Can I say this? That God is not determining right now whether he wants to bless us or not. He's just not like a father like me. Well, you don't, you don't listen. Olivia, let me just tell you something. We ain't going to get no eye yogurt today. We're going to get ice water. Because you ain't earning it. No, God, God's not doing that. God has already determined in his word that he was going to bless you. That doesn't change. That doesn't change. Oh, well, God, if I be good, can I earn your blessing? No, God says, I already had blessings planned out for your life. It's not an issue whether you qualify or not. It's an issue whether you align your life to experience my blessings or not. Because it's not up to me. I've already determined that. It's up to you whether you want to make some changes along the way. Is that good? Genesis 13, 14, and 17. The Lord said to Abraham after Lot had parted from him, look around from where you are to the north, south, to the east and west. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. You see this, what God is doing with Abraham? God is setting Abraham up for a blessed life. God does not set you up for a train wreck. He sets you up for a blessed life. God doesn't set you up to suffer disease and sickness, although it comes. God's plan has always been a blessed life. And although God can use those things to change your situation and provide a miracle, God does not send them. He's a good, good father. And everything that God has for you is a setup to be blessed. Amen. Some of you got to hear that tonight, that today, that God has set you up for a blessing. And you just got to receive that and say, Lord, if you want to set me up, I'm just going to stand here and I'm going to be blessed then. Because if you want to bless me, I won't fight it. I ain't mad, God. Bless me. Bless me. Amen. Amen. And here's what God is telling Abraham. He says, Abraham, here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal, partner. I have a blessings in store for you, but you got to get up and you got to leave your comfort zone. You got to leave your daddy's house and the land that you're used to. And you got to get up from where you are and you got to start moving to the direction of my purpose for your life. Can I tell you this today? That some of you are sitting in a place God hasn't chose for you. Get this straight. And I'm talking about marriages. God wants to kill your marriage. He wants to restore it. I'm just talking about a situation. You're in a mental state, a spiritual state, and you're sitting in there and you're living. You've created a home in a place where God has never intended for you to uh, live in. And God is saying, I got something better for you if you just get up out of that place and begin to move towards the direction I have for you. Amen? Amen. Let me give you an easy principle. If you're here and you want to get there, you don't need a whole lot of revelation of how to do that. You just got to have a mental determination and a physical motivation towards that area. Gene wants to leave from here and get there. So what does he do? He just moves. He just starts stepping in the right direction. Some of you just got to start stepping in the right direction. 
and it might not even begin with a step. It just might be just start turning your head. Yeah, right? They, they teach us in football. Where your head is, your body will follow, right? Some of you just got to start turning your head in God's right direction for your life to enter his promise, amen? And then God says to Abraham, hey, 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 boy, wherever you look, as far as your eyes can see, I'm going to give you that blessing, that land. Did you, did you catch that? Did you? God, God, God set like a limitless condition according to Abraham's capacity to see. As far as your eyes can see, Abraham, as far as your eyes can see, I will give it to you. He says, look to the east, the west, the north, and the south. I don't know what Abraham did, but if it was me, I would have found a redwood tree. I would have climbed that redwood tree, maybe enough, far enough to where it's not thin out and it breaks because of my weight. And, and, what are y'all laughing at so hard? Um, and I would stare out as far as I could see. I, I honestly think I see the peninsula, like the whole peninsula from here. Lord, I, I think I could see another state, another nation. Lord, is that China? That boy can't see China. And God said, oh, he can. He can. Because he's beginning to look not with his vision, but with my vision. And the God wants to say to you today that, man, I got some good things for you. And as far as your eye can see, to the degree you can envision my goodness, I can bring you to that place. And God says, what do you, you got to do? Lift your vision higher. Lift, just lift your vision a little higher. Some of you guys are stuck in the mud because your vision is in the weeds. And God says, lift your vision higher. You were never meant to fly with seagulls. You were meant to soar like an eagle. Amen. And God needs to change your, the elevation of your perspective in this place today. That if, unless you change your elevation and perspective, I can't bless you beyond what you can see or imagine for yourself. Yeah. But when you begin to see with his eyes and his heart and through his word, God says, whatever you see, I will give you. I will bless you with. Amen. Whatever. I'm a shouter. Sorry. I'm guilty. And then he says this. Something really practical. I love God's word because God's word is so practical. I love it. Right? You can do it. It's not like, Gene, if you get the strength of Superman, then you can inherit the promises. No, God just simply says, if you believe and start doing what you can do, you can inherit the promises I already have for you. They're practical, son. Wake up and start doing it. He says, Abraham, just go walk the land. Man, you left, you moved into the direction I have for you. Now you see what I see, now go walk that thing out. How many of you just got to start walking the promises of God out in your life? Yeah. Right? Here, here's the thing. You know, mediocre and good is the enemy of best. Yeah. And some of you, the, the issue isn't that, 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 the issue is this. Your mediocrity has made you very comfortable. And you become comfortable in God's minimum. So you don't want God's maximum. See, the capacity to see God's purposes in your life was conditional according to Abraham's vision, which God says that my blessings on your life come with a built-in elasticity. There's a minimum and there's a maximum. Abraham, if you only want to see 
Bethlehem or Jerusalem or whatever, if that's all you, can, if that's all you want, that's all you can get. But if you want to see far beyond what you think you can see, then whatever you can be stretched to, I will bring you into. And so God is saying to you today that if you're comfortable where you're at, you will never have the motivation to get where God wants you. There was some tribes that had built their land uh, outside of the promised land. They, They were meant to enter into Canaan in a promised land. But they became comfortable, and they settled outside of the promised land. They entered there. They helped them fight. They helped them conquer. And they, they went back outside the promised land to where they wanted to be. And the Bible says, if you read the Bible, all throughout their history, they had trouble with the surrounding nations. Why? Because they settled in a place that God had not promised for them. They just settled there. Are you settling in a place and in a condition today that God never planned for you to settle and it might be good it might look blessed it might have a lot of money a lot of comfort five bedroom home three cars kids doing great in private school I'm good are you now let me ask are you are you good according to the world standards are you good according to God's standards because God's standards look totally different right totally different or maybe you're in this situation. Maybe you're, you're, you, you, you're suffering some hardship. Things are going bad in your life. I mean, horrible. I mean, you're living, you're living a nightmare movie. And I'm not taking that away from you. But that, that too can take you out of the game for pursuing what God has for you. Because that too, one condition causes you to be lazy concerning the promises of God The other condition will cause you to not believe that God has goodness for you. And I want to challenge that today, that whatever you, wherever you're at on the spectrum, everything about God is about good and is about growth. And God wants to constantly move you forward towards his promises. Are you settling in a place that God had not promised for you, even though it's a good place, right? A comfortable place, an air-conditioned place. In the time of 106 degrees. I was watching that today on the news, and it was getting me irritated. Antioch will be the hottest of the Bay Area, 106 degrees. Amen. Praise God. God is moving in Antioch in the name of Jesus. Amen. So what does, what does this blessing all have to do with me, Gene? I'm a little studier of the Bible, and you just named Old Testament truth. That's Abraham's blessing. What does that have to do with me? Well, here, I'll put in your notes. Thank you, asked. Galatians 3.29. Powerful. This is powerful. It says, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, somebody got to get a revelation of that in this room. That God says that if you are in Christ Jesus then you are heirs of Abraham according to the promise that what I promised Abraham 2,000 years before this time, I will bring you into that place in Christ where you will experience the same thing I promised him. Those promises are your promises in Christ Jesus. Amen. What does it have to do with me? It has everything to do with me because God brought it all in Christ Jesus. I just can't receive that. I just can't believe that. I'm not preaching my word. I just showed you a scripture. 
I just showed you what God's word says. That in Christ Jesus, you are an heir of Abraham according to the promises. Yes. God got blessings all over your life. Amen. Amen. And God says this, that my purpose for your life always comes with promise. Yeah. Amen? Amen? God's not a mean God. I have a purpose for your life, but it involves curses and destruction and whatever. No, God says, I have purpose for your life, and it involves promise. I've created you with promise before I created you. God created a promise package with your name on it before he created you. And when you were born, he says, you are, the promises and the blessings have already been determined on your life. Yeah. Amen? And here he goes. God's purpose comes with promise and includes, number one, a place. A place. I will give you a land. I will take you into a place. When you're in Christ Jesus, I want you to hear this. You are not homeless. You are not without a home. You are not without a place. When you are found in Christ Jesus, he brings you into a place. And I don't know what condition you've come from or what kind of household or what kind of tribe or what kind of village. But when you come to Christ, he says, I bring you into a place. I have a space. I have a land. I have a position with your name on it. Amen? God says, my promises come with a place. How many are thankful that God has a place for you today? The Bible says, in my house are many mansions. And that word mansions is translated many places. Basically, God is saying, in my house, there's room enough for you. In Jesus, there's always a place. Amen? Amen. Number two, he says, my promises include a people. He says, I will, I will bless you and make you into a people. In Christ Jesus, you're not only not homeless in Christ Jesus you're not an orphan as well you might have grown up without a father without a mother without parents in a horrible situation but I want you to hear me today that in Christ Jesus you're not an orphan you have a family you have a tribe you have a church you have a place that accepts you that you belong to that cares for you in Christ Jesus you have a people how many thank God that you have a people in this place when you walk out of this room, you're going to be certain that I have a place, that I have a people. And number three, that God has provisions for you. In God's purpose involves promises. It involves a place. It involves people. And it involves provisions for your life. Some of you are having a hard time believing that. Because your current condition is not experiencing that. But I want to tell you, God in his promises for your life has provisions for your needs. Not your wants. For your needs. God's blessings will pour over into some of the things you want. But God's promises always include your needs. Well, why ain't I experiencing it? Why, 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 oh, yeah? Well, preacher, I'm not experiencing it. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you get there. Is that a good deal? Amen. 11 minutes. I got 11 minutes. I'm going to help you get there. There are some mindsets that you got to start adopting according to God's word. If you, 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 7, Paul is talking to Timothy. He's about to die. This is his last letter. 
He's in prison. He's going to be martyred. And Paul finds it absolutely important to write this to Timothy, his son. And he says to Timothy, first of all, he says, Timothy, my son, the things that you've heard and been taught by me, teach to other men and women who can do the same. Here's your first mindset. You got to realize God's promises always come with purpose. I'm going to say that again. God's promises always come with purpose. And those purposes always involve other people. If you want to begin to experience that good life God has for you, you've got to embrace a spirit that says, I'm blessed to be a blessing. That my blessings are not all about me, but they are all about other people. Amen? Amen. And so as long as you adopt and embrace a poverty mindset that says, me, 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 my, 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 oh my. God can't bless you the way he wants to bless you because he wants to use you as a channel of someone else's blessing. He declared to Abraham that in blessing you, I will bless the nations. Mindset number one, you got to realize you're blessed to be a blessing. Number two, Paul says to Timothy, hey, son, You're going to have to endure some hardship like a good soldier. Isn't that good? If you want to begin to live the blessed life that God has for you, you're going to have to learn to endure some hardship. Quit throwing in the towel so easy. Quit leaving your family so quick. Quit walking away from your kids. Quit showing up late to work. Because you don't care about the job you have. Right? Amen. Those are good things, right? Those, those are, those are e- easy things. But why do we just, nah, how I feel? Huh? Because we haven't learned to endure hardship. Amen. The blessed life isn't the easy life. Isn't the get me everything I want life. Isn't the my way right away Burger King baby life. <laughs> the blessed life is the life that knows how to endure hard yeah. times. Come on, am I talking to somebody in here? Let me tell you, like I said, I did not grow up in the lap of luxury. I didn't grow up with everything. But I tell you, watching my parents serve the Lord, we learn how to endure hardship. And I told you, they were married at 17 at a young age, and I saw them battle in their marriage, but I saw in them a resolve to never call it quits. It was never on the table. It was never an option. We were always going to endure. And what did that teach me and my siblings? Oh, we're going to endure in this life that was blessed by God. Amen? Some of you got to hear this. Quit throwing in the towel. Start enduring. Dig in. Get some grit. Survive. Persevere. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, I got the towel, throw the towel. I got no, throw the towel away Amen. and keep fighting. Amen. Come on. Third mindset is no shortcut. Paul said, No shortcuts, son. Don't take shortcuts like a good athlete. Follow the rules. Amen. And let me tell you something God's plan and purpose for your life involves a plan and a process. Don't take shortcuts. How many, how many know, you know, we know the stories of the famous people, the famous Olympians who went on and they had global fame only to have everything crashed down because we all found out they were cheaters. Yeah, right, right. You know, they're breaking records and they're getting the endorsements and the, the magazine covers and ESPN showing them off. And then they get all that, you know, that phony baloney on the stands on their gold medal crying tears. 
you know, uh, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. And then everyone's like, they're great, they're great. And then a day later, they cheated. They tested positive. Performance-enhancing drugs. What was that? Shortcuts. Do you know most, most athletes who have got caught cheating, after studying their dynamics, they figured out that they could have won regardless of it, maybe not to that degree, but they had, all it, they had everything it took to win anyway. Wow. Isn't that a sad thing? That's what taking shortcuts will do to your life. Yeah. It, will, it, will, it will cause you not to see the divine God potential in your life and try to do things your way and skip out on God. Right? Well, let me tell you something today. There's no shortcuts. Go through the process. If you're living a, a mess today, it's going to take a process. But start today and start doing things right and start adopting some healthy biblical principles in your life. Start turning things around. And you might have several seasons of hardship, but I want to tell you, God always honors his word in your life. Yeah. Stick with the process. Don't take shortcuts, right? Dig in, guys. No shortcuts. And here's what Paul says. As a farmer, Timothy realized hard work is hard work. Right? Yeah. Sometimes hard work is just that hard work. Isn't that good? How many like that? I like that's practical. <laughs> hard work is hard work, right? Don't, don't give me 10 principles to describe hard work. Just tell me. You're going to sweat. You're going to have some hard work. You're going to burn some calories, boy. Amen. You're gonna, when everyone's gone today after 5 p.m., you're going to go pick up those bottles, those dad's root beer bottles. While everyone's enjoying their time, you're going to have some work, Right? While everyone sleeping in on Sunday, dream team, you get to wake up early and get out of bed and come get things right. What does that look like? Oh, well, there's, there's, there was angels everywhere. It was just amazing. No, what does that look like? Hard work. Hard work, right? All right, you might be an optimist and you might see, yeah, that's good. That's, I see. You might be an optimist and you might see the glass half full. You might be a pessimist and say, that glass is half empty. I'm a realist and say, you know, somebody's going to have to wash that glass after somebody drinks out of that thing. Right? Amen. God, got some, God got some good things in store. But sometimes hard work is hard work, right? Sometimes you got to get up out of your lazy boy. Turn off the TV and talk to your wife. Sometimes you got to skip that Warriors game and hang out with your family. Amen. Sometimes you got to get home a little later tired and hungry, and get here for Thursday prayer. What does that look like? Nothing super spiritual. It's just hard work. It's a decision. That's what I do. That's what I do because I want that good life. Amen? Amen. All right, let me break it down for you. That's good. All right? Man, I want him to give me something difficult so I can walk out of here and not know some things. Now, here, how's it work? Here's easy. It's easy. I'm going to wrap it up. Number one, if you want that good life God has for you, you got to start putting in. That's your feeling. You got to start putting in. The Bible says in Galatians, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. If you want to begin to reap a good life that God has for you, you're going to have to sow a good harvest today. And it might not happen overnight, but I want to tell you, God's word says it right there. What do not be deceived. What you sow, you will reap. If you want to reap the good life God has for you, you better start taking his word exactly how it is and start sowing that seed in your heart and in your life. 
you got to start believing God for those things. you got to start becoming the person God wants you to become. you got to start sowing some good stuff. Amen? you got to put in. Say put in. Put in. Say put in. Put in. Number two, you want to experience the good life God has for you, you got to lean in. Say lean in. Lean in. Say lean in. lean in. Proverbs 15.22 says plans, for the lack of, plans fail for lack of counsel, but for many advisors, they succeed. God wants to bring you to a place where you're not only identifying problems, but you are solving problems. When God begins to bless you and he brings you into a place and a space after you've sown and you've put in for a season, he, you're going to start experiencing his blessings over your life. And some of you have experienced his blessings over the years, and that's why you're here, and that's why you come, and that's why you participate. But can I tell you, God didn't bring you in this room today so you could enjoy the air condition and the nice chair and the root beer and the cool hope and healing sign picture that you can take. God brought you in this place so you can begin to lean in and contribute and make a difference in the kingdom. Amen? Lean in. Take growth track. Lead a small group. Join the dream team. God's plan and purposes are locked up and have promises, but you got to activate them. Praise God. Number three. Number three. You got to dig in. You just got to start digging in. Paul says this. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggles are not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers, against the dark world, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, it will come. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, stand. Stand. God's promises on your life require you to do some things. But they don't determine whether he's, he's going to bless you or not. That's already been settled. Some of you in this place have got to begin to put in today. Put in your marriage. Put in your, your relationship. Put in your finance. Put in your spiritual life. Put in your spiritual walk. And God will bring you to a place, seed time and harvest. you start reaping that. Some of you... I've got to start leaning in and start, stop being a consumer and start being a contributor. Become a solution. Start building the house. Start building your house. Start building the community. Some of you got to get involved and start leaning in that God wants me to be a decision maker. Not only here, but where I work, where I live, where I labor, all those places. I was called to be the head and not the tail. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. Amen. A lender, not a borrower. I was called to be those things. And some of you, you're in this place and you are absolutely discouraged because what you expected from God up to this point has not happened for your life. And you stop digging in and you're just coasting. I get a picture of a, 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 a sailboat whose sails are up, but there's no one navigating that ship. It's just being blown, tossed to and fro on the water. And God says, today, can you give me the controls of that your life? Could you start digging in again? Could you start believing? Could you start fighting for the things that I've already planned for you? Could you start digging in? 
Amen? Amen. Amen? Here's the, here's, here, here's the, the cool thing. Your circumstances and your current situation does not change God's truth. But God's truth can change your current situation. God's truth can change your situation. And where you need God's hope and God's healing and God's blessing, he says, if you just dig in, I'll take you there. I'll get you there today. You can start the process. I'm going to say that again. It's not going to happen overnight for some of you. But if you just start putting in here a little, there a little. If you start leaning in a little bit more. If you start digging in and being absolutely stubborn concerning the promises of God of your life. God says, in due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not faint. And God in this place is breathing his divine air into your spiritual lungs and causing you not to faint again. Some of you are going to run. Some of you are going to walk. Some of you are going to get out today and begin to walk in the direction of God's purpose and plan for your life. But today, church, hear this. We all have to do something. 